This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you're a $5 a month donor, you get ad-free episodes of this show. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yay, happy Thanksgiving, Hammond. And I'm just going to run through some of the uh, beginning notes just to get this out of the way. Yeah. Um, we have a bonus episode for anyone who donates to Patreon at any mm-hmm. level, so please consider that. Well, we should explain what the bonus episode is. What is the bonus episode? bonus episode is just Hammond and I kind of bullshitting about our lives and non-atheist or po- <laughs> political things. Which is weird, because who knew there was anything else? I mean, um, I've never heard him talk about anything besides on this podcast. It's correct. very exciting. Um, if you like listening to this podcast on YouTube while you do other things, this will be available on the Friendly Atheist YouTube channel. You could check that out. We want to give a special thanks to an old cross-country coach who uh, was just super generous to us over Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. (laughs) And also, we want to give a shout-out to the people on Discord who run the Friendly Atheist Podcast Discord Mm -hmm. channel. They wanted me to let you know that next week, they are going to be doing a little movie marathon between... And they're taking a vote between which one to watch first. Mm -hmm. God's Not Dead, which you all are familiar with, I'm sure... And Dark Dungeons, which if you're not familiar with that, it's made by secular people, but it's kind of a spinoff of a infamous chick track that says like Dungeons and Dragons is demonic. Sure. Like the old (laughs) Monsters and Mazes, one of uh, Sir Tom Hanks early roles. Did you do you know about (laughs) Monsters and Mazes? No idea. Baby Tom Hanks was in a movie that was a cautionary tale against Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. So they're going to be watching both of those on Thursday, December 2nd, starting at 6 p.m. Central Time. But they're taking votes right now. And if you go to the show notes, you can vote on which of those two to watch first if you are part of the Discord channel. And again, the benefit to voting and watching it with them is you get to watch with a group of people who are going to react to it the same way you might. And it's kind of fun to discuss it as you watch together. Yeah, I unfortunately missed the last one, but I have done these kinds of things before and they are always extremely fun. So. So thank you to everyone. Um, how was your Thanksgiving week? Oh, uh, it was, you know what? It was great. I uh, went over to my brother and my sister-in-law's up in Lyle and uh, got to hang out with my 18-month-old month niece. And you know what she did? She's in a phase, um, you're probably familiar with it, when toddlers just hand things to people. Uh-huh. Um, and she kept going into her room and bringing out books and just handing them out. And she kept handing me Elle the Humanist, which Aww. obviously she doesn't know that, like, that's the one I gave her. But it was very <laughs> cute. Because she really insisted I That's have it. That's adorable. Um, but yeah. All right. I had. I, oh yeah. I didn't I had, ask. It doesn't I, matter. <laughs> um, I had no kids like all week. They were being watched by other people. It was just like trusted people. Days. I don't know who they were. Just <laughs> days of like. Oh, I don't have to do stuff for other people. I can what just do, you do in those days. Are you like nothing. I'm going to clean and do things yeah, or... for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> watch shitty Lifetime movies Ooh, anything with my good? wife. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Which we should is definitely the nature. Watch. We're, we should definitely both watch the new Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson um, rom-com. It's already. called Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez plays herself and then marries Owen Wilson, who's like a math teacher or something. I don't know. I'm very excited about the return of the high-budget rom-com. I think it's something we've really been missing in the last 10 years. Thanks, Marvel. I saw some horror film that involved a very predictable killer. It was great. Which what? I don't know what I watched. What was it? Uh, I love horror movies. Was it Malignant? No, it wasn't anything anyone's heard of. Oh. But 
That's too bad. You know what I'm... Re- we can talk about this in the yes. bonus podcast, but I'm reading Doctor Sleep by Stephen King and okay. enjoying the shit out of it. And uh. I would love to talk about it on our bonus episode. Right. That's what we call a teaser motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's start with uh, this pastor, Burnett Robinson. He's the senior pastor at Grand Concourse Seventh-day Adventist Church in the Bronx. In the Bronx. In okay. the Bronx. And he made headlines this week for... Uh, Surprising reasons. Here's what I think he was trying to do. Okay. This is from a sermon at the beginning of November mm-hmm. that normally they would post on their YouTube channel and Facebook page and everything, and now you won't find any traces of it. Because it's so good they didn't want him to see it. They wanted nobody to see it. <laughs> I think what he was trying to say is when you get married, women, you're supposed to submit oh, no. to your husbands. Oh, no. And that's the typical conservative Christian, even conservative sect type of thinking Uh submit to your husbands and what does that mean it varies depending on who you ask Uh because if you're like a more progressive pastor you could say yeah it does say wives submit to your husband but also men are supposed to submit to their wives you're there for each other Mm -hmm. you have different things to do submission the goal of all good marriages (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) two Um, submissives (laughs) i'm gonna read you uh here's what he said and the only reason i know this is because it appears that one person took a screen recording of what this guy said before it was scrubbed from the internet entirely, because I have not found the full nice sermon. Nice work, citizen detective. I know. Yeah, uh, so this is what he said. Wives, you must submit yourself to your husband as unto the Lord. And in this matter of submission, I want you to know up front, ladies, that once you get married, you are no longer your own. You are <laughs> your husband's. You understand what I'm saying about you? And I emphasize that because I saw in court the other day on TV where a lady sued her husband for rape. And I would say to you, gentlemen, the best person to rape is your wife. And they didn't want people to hear that for Mm -hmm. some reason. So this man. Let me repeat that. Is gentlemen, the best person to rape is. Is your wife. Because there are so many choices. <laughs> we know you have a lot of choices when it comes to rape, so we really appreciate you raping your wife. Thank you. The best person, as if there is a hierarchy, there first of all. There is a hierarchy. I feel like daughter probably isn't far enough down on that list for me. <laughs> um, the yeah, way he proceeds it with Jesus. gentlemen, which by which he apparently means rapists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, gentlemen. They're the same thing in his head. Um. Wow, that's... Almost impressively <laughs> horrible. You know, sometimes you just think, I've heard it all. Yeah. And then a man says, gentlemen, the best person <laughs> to rape is your wife. Unquote. That's word for word. But Hammond, there must be context surrounding so this. I was trying to figure that out. I was trying to figure out what's the best case interpretation of I mean, his words. I and think I could, you got it. I think it's, okay, you're going for the Bible preaches submission. You are one when you are married. I mean, and that applies apparently to your physical self as well. And by the way, we've talked about uh, Lori, uh, what's her face, the fundamentalist Christian mommy. Mm-hmm. But like, the fundamentalist Christians often preach this same sort of thing. You're supposed to submit to your husbands. And some people, Lori Alexander, takes it a step further. And she's like, that also applies to sex. If your husband wants it and you're not in the mood, she said, ladies, too damn bad. And I think she said something like, what's the problem? It only takes two minutes. Like, completely seriously. <sighs> and like, this is the way... Here's the thing. We've spent several years now hearing from Christians and former Christians who said... It's that sort of mentality 
that then leads to abuse mm-hmm. and it abuse can and does happen within a marriage as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these women fear they can't leave their husbands because divorce is taboo in their church and their religion and their families. They can't report it to anyone or talk about it because saying no to your husband is not something you're supposed to do either. So they end up getting stuck in these abusive relationships uh-huh. and marriages And that's the thing, like, okay, this guy said something stupid, but even if you give him the benefit that he doesn't deserve, the best case scenario of what he's saying is, women, just do whatever your husband says at all times, because when you're married, you are now one. You are not independent anymore. Mm -hmm. That is what he was getting at. And again, how many times do you have to hear stories from women who have spoken out against the system, who are still Christian, by Mm -hmm. the way? And how many how many times do you have to ignore them for right. you to say something this stupid? Well, uh, I want to address two things quickly. The first is that marital rape was not illegal across the country until the fucking 90s. Like, that is something I think we all need to remember is that this sort of concept of being able to accuse your husband or your domestic partner of rape is relatively new in our law. So, like, his attitude is not something of like his attitude is that of somebody 20 years ago it's genuinely not it shouldn't surprise any of us as shocking as it is to hear a man encourage men to rape their wives we shouldn't be surprised because that's what these people have been saying for their entire existence the only thing i want to say is women tend to get this rhetoric thrown at them a lot of this once you're married you're submitting to your husband and especially once you have kids your life is all about your children like women they want people women to fade into the backgrounds if it benefits their kids anymore and it's all coming from the same place and jesus we wonder why women a don't want to have kids or b (laughs) are unhappy in their marriages and in these sorts of conservative Christian homes, usually it's not like these women had independence and they're willingly giving it up for marriage or kids. Right. It's that they're getting married at like 19 at best. Can you imagine? Maybe younger. And it's like they weren't ever independent to no. begin with. They went from father to husband with nothing in between. And that's what has happened to women up until like the fucking 60s and 70s. That was all women did. It went, You went from your father's house to your husband's house. A couple things. Uh, Religion News Service, uh, the reporters there pointed out Mm -hmm. uh, the passage that he's citing from Ephesians made headlines in 1998 when the Southern Baptist Convention uh, amended its own statement of faith. This is what we believe. They amended it in 98 to include a section that said women must, quote, submit herself graciously to her husband's leadership. Wait, I'm sorry. They added i they're like what does it mean to be a christian what does it mean to be a southern baptist they said you know what this is changeable we're going to change it to make sure it says women should submit herself graciously i'm genuinely very shocked that that was an addition i assume when he said they like something changed that they like made it slightly more progressive but they (laughs) regressed i think they implied it always but they codified it yeah they were worried that women were too stupid to read between the lines (laughs) and in 2018 we talked about this Uh, When it happened, Mm -hmm. one of the former leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, Paige Patterson, was criticized, rightly, because he said that if you're a woman who is abused by your husband, Mm -hmm. the response should be prayer, not divorce. And a lot of people lashed out against him. Now, he did a lot of shitty things, and he was Mm -hmm. eventually, like, pressured out of Southern Baptist leadership 
he was later fired from his position as head of a seminary. Oh. Um, that was not because of he said, that's not because he said this. That's because uh, a student came to him with rape allegations and he's like, Psh, whatever. Um, so it's other issues very much tied to Poor this. Kate going to the worst human yeah. possible to tell about your rape. Here's here's the thing, though. Okay, this guy's a Seventh-day Adventist preacher, um, and the people were talking about Southern Baptist leaders, conservative Christian evangelicals, whatever. Um, here's what I would like to see from other pastors, because I feel like a lot of Christians, a lot of Christian leaders would hear this story and just think, whatever, I would never say something like that to my congregation. I don't believe that, which mm-hmm. is nice. But here's what I wish more of them would do. Um, I want them to tell their congregations abuse is never acceptable Mm -hmm. within a marriage, outside of marriage, obviously. Divorce is, yes, it can be an option, and it's not going to be shamed within the church. Mm You've got your reasons for it. Consent matters, Mm -hmm. even in the confines, context of marriage. They should denounce any conservative teaching that tells women to submit to their husbands in any way that's not just merely symbolic mm-hmm. of like you are now one, so you should work together and, mm-hmm. and do something right, for them. Right. Think, put them above you. That's not a bad theory, mm-hmm. but it has its limits. Um, but I feel like they're not, a lot of them are too afraid to say it, just like they're afraid to speak in favor of vaccinations or they're afraid to call out the MAGA people in their churches, not because they support the conservative take on it, right. but they think, oh, I'm just going to never discuss this. Right. It's, the, it's it, off limits. It, it feels too fraught for them and they don't want it like uh, things are so divisive and they think these really nice things to say to people are going to be like taken poorly, which says a lot for the audience. Quick things about this. One, there was a petition on change.org calling for Robinson to resign, which you think they're going to care if your petition gets signatures. I thought change.org was supposed to be petitions to the government. Now it's just like, there there was, we want, (laughs) we're mad about a thing. We want to sign a thing. The Obama administration said, if you can get X number of signatures Mm -hmm. on a petition through the government's website, Mm -hmm. we will make sure we, address it somehow, um, which eh, hit or miss because their answers were never that good. Um, but change.org can be for anything. But here is an update. Yeah. A couple days after all of this went viral mm. earlier this week, this guy did resign, not from cha- not because of the change.org, but um, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, a spokesperson for that regional part of the country, mm-hmm. said Pastor Burnett Robinson has resigned as the senior pastor of the Grand Concourse Seventh-day Adventist Church. And they added that their regional New York conference recognizes many have been deeply harmed by the sentiments expressed by Robinson. The views mm-hmm. he expressed are wrong and not accepted by our church. Rape and sexual assault of women are crimes and should always be treated as such. Which, okay, I, I get that they are condemning what specifically he said. What I would, what I wish they would have also said is we condemn the underlying theology that women should submit to their husbands. They won't. Yeah, they I don't do think believe they can that. Do that because of their religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what this guy does next. He's been preaching at this church since 2013. So mm-hmm. it's not. He's not a new dude yeah. that just showed up and now he's gone. Like he he's gonna what? have another act. I don't know what it's are, gonna. I'm be. sorry. Are you worried about his future prospects, Emmett? Is that is that <laughs> no, what we're I'm spending he, our time? Concerning? I'm afraid he's gonna have future prospects. Oh, I see. <laughs> and I don't. I don't know. Is he just gonna move to another church? It's like. The Catholics got away with it for years. I know. I know. Um, let me jump to uh, Stella Emanuel, 
who Uh-oh. you know her because remember last summer when Donald Trump trotted out the doctors who supported the crazy conspiracies and he had a group outside like the White House or somewhere in D.C., uh-huh. a group of white jacket doctors who were like, yeah, the, the COVID's fine. You guys don't have to worry about it. I have no it. memory of this. <laughs> it's all blocked out. Yeah, I really... <laughs> One of the people who basically spread these dangerous COVID conspiracies was a woman named Stella Emanuel, who said at the time face masks were basically useless. Mm. She said she used hydroxychloroquine on her patients. Hydroxychloroquine, uh-huh. I haven't thought about that in so long. Yeah. And then it turned out when you investigated her a little further, she also blamed uh, gynecological problems like endometriosis on people dreaming about having sex with demons. <laughs> She said that sentence started bananas uh-huh, and uh-huh. got crazier. She said alien DNA was used in medical treatments. Well, obviously. She said I've scientists seen it's true. She said scientists plan to use vaccines to stop people from being religious. She said homosexuality would lead people to hell. And this week she's still around. Like that's sexuality what is boring. Know, We've really, heard that at this one. Point, the um, sex demon thing. Now we're cooking with gas. Oh, no, I'll get to that in the next story. <laughs> um, she was on one of those right wing shows that no one watches except for the diehards. Uh-huh. And she was literally the Chiron under her labeled her as St- Dr. Stella Emanuel, frontline doctor and demon slayer. <laughs> like totally serious. On what? On Fox? No, it's worse, worse than Fox. Okay, okay, okay. So she was on there. Funny. And basically, uh, here's what she said. In in short, she was saying, "Hey Christians, if you've gotten vaccinated, don't worry. You can pray, and you can have the vaccine cast out of your body." Great. I have no problems with this. Here's what she said: We're casting this thing out of people. It is Lucifer. So you need to pray. If you've taken this vaccine, pray. Ask God to have mercy on you. Ah. Say, Father, I was deceived. I did not know. I was terrified. <laughs> but basically... So scared. So she's saying, if you've gotten vaccinated, don't worry about the side effects. You can just ask God and he'll take it. He'll undo it. You know to what? which I agree with you. Please, please, yeah, conservative Christians. With that. Also, doesn't that remind you of when uh, people say you can grow your virginity back if you pray hard <laughs> enough? Yeah. Isn't that like the same thing? Yeah. Which, you know what? I have no problem with. Like, <laughs> pray, pretend you're a virgin again, and just, yeah, great. Hey, ha- go have wild, sex with everyone. Yeah. I bet if you lose your virginity in your 40s versus in your teens or 20s, it's much better. <laughs> So to this case, yeah, like, please, anti-vax Christians, go get vaccinated and then, then pray, pray all so you want hard. to have it cast out of you. Um, in fact, you should do that. You should pray extra hard after the booster. You should pray extra hard after the second shot. Doesn't this just reek of like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to kiss your boo-boo and make it feel better. It's just this weird, like, magical thinking that is so silly and childish. Yeah. Like how many people have to get vaccinated and be fine Uh after like the initial, oh my God, I'm dying. Um, After that, you're fine. Yeah. But like how many people have to do that to the point where everyone else is like, what? This seems bad. Mm. Like, I'm pretty sure we would have noticed by now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, I mean, my five-year-old, six-year-old got her shot. She's fine. Well, she didn't even complain after the shot. Uh, like, I was, like, waiting for the soreness uh-huh. and the whatever I would have done. Yeah. Because I had the soreness followed by, oh, God, I'm going to, I can't move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't have any of that. She's just, like, cried during the shot. Uh-huh. Fine afterwards. Mm-hmm. All good. Second and shot in a couple of weeks. That's it. She's oh moved boy. on from it. I do love seeing the little kids hard. who are braver and smarter than adults. <laughs> right. It, I will say it was kind of 
amusing, entertaining to go to a, uh, it wasn't pediatric, I think it was pediatric specific where we went to get her shot. So it was just a bunch of kids. Yeah. And so like, yes, they got the shot. And during the 15 minute waiting period, it's like, here's the coloring booth. You could grab this. You Here's a toy for you to play with. I wish it, I had that when I got my I shot. Know. I would have loved a coloring totally booth. Totally <laughs> decked out. So many kids just not crying yeah. after the shot. It was great. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Can I tell a really quick yeah. anecdote that I meant to tell about that? Sh- uh, what's his name? The um, the pastor from the Bronx? Um, uh, Robinson. Robinson. Um, last night at dinner, at some point, my 18 year old niece Somebody asked her if she liked something or wanted something, and she went, yes! And my sister-in-law goes, ladies and gentlemen, that is enthusiastic consent. <laughs> and I laughed for an hour. Right. <laughs> it was very funny. Go ahead. Well done. Um, so speaking of uh, the Stella Emanuel story, oh, yes, I, yes, yes. I think I have the most viral tweet I've ever tweeted. <gasps> Congratulations. I didn't I know. see it. I won so much Twitter money. Um no, here's the tweet. I'm just going to read you the caption. You're, okay, I'm sorry. Um, this podcast is just us reading our own tweets because I have yeah. some bangers. <laughs> here's the tweet. Because I was trying to summarize a video clip uh, from the Jim Baker show, uh, which is always going to be crazy. Sure, sure, sure. He had a guest on that I've never seen before. Her name is Sharon Gilbert, and she is basically an end times preacher along with her husband. Mm-hmm. So their focus is on the afterlife and the rapture and things like that. Okay. Oh, good, important so, things that we need to think about right now. Within like a five minute span mm-hmm. of them just talking on this show, here's what I learned from her. I'm not going to quote her directly because this goes on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that an alien oh. imitated her husband one night. Oh. And then it tried to have sex with her, but she caught on. And then the alien claimed to be Xerxes. And then she prayed to Jesus and she removed the mask from the alien. And it turned out it was a reptile. Uh-huh. And that reptile had a posse of gargoyles. <gasps> what? I would just like to say I, that is the condensed version of everything she said that I had to boil down into a tweet. And I'm like, how do I fit all this in? Um, but there's a lot happening and I'm not misquoting it. I am not taking it out of context. That is her example of this thing happened to me, but I guess you need God to save you from the evil reptile aliens that are going to try to trick you. Uh-huh. Into sleeping with them. Having sex and probably... How old is she? Is she at risk of impregnation, realistically? On the older end of that scale, okay, sure. Okay, okay. Um, by the way, while she's saying all this, uh-huh. her actual husband, the mm. a- that the alien was imitating, supposedly, her actual husband is sitting right next to her. There's a beautiful shot in this video oh of her saying, he was trying to have sexual relations with me, and it cuts, you get this panel shot, and you see her husband just nodding like, yes. Yes, it was. And I'm like, what is going on in your head, my dude? Who are these people again? Uh, It doesn't matter. Okay. And, and. No. And while this is going on, the Chiron at the bottom of the screen, which is actually selling the third dude on the panels, wears Uh the name of his DVD collection, The Great Delusion. So as she's speaking, it says, The Great Delusion at the bottom of the screen. This is, it's not fair. How can I make jokes about people when they make all of them themselves? <laughs> I know. It was fantastic. Oh, that's hysterical. And in case you are wondering, nobody on that panel asked any follow-up questions. Oh, my 
Yeah. Okay. So at first I thought maybe she had, have you heard of the book, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat? Yes. I don't know anything about it other than the it, It's just a series of essays of this man who is a psychologist in like the oh, mid 20th century. I want to say 70s, but I'm not sure. It could be earlier or later. Who knows? Stop saying things you don't know, Jessica. But anyway, it's just about weird, like, uh, f- psychological phenomenon that happened that like when the titular story is a man was in a waiting room was in a room with a doctor and went to grab his hat and grabbed his wife like uh-huh. literally thought his wife was a hat for a second um and it, it's a phenomenal book it's really problematic in a lot of ways like a lot of arslers are like just being tossed around um but it's really interesting so that's what i thought at first that she because there's a thing where you recognize a person's face but it doesn't connect to your emotional center. So it's it's like I see a person who looks like Hemant, but he doesn't give me any like, Hem- well, you're not a good example because you don't give a lot of like <laughs> vibes or emotions anyway. Uh-huh. But I thought it was that for a second. And then she actually was able to remove the mask. She so now I'm thinking acid trip. I don't. Dude, the Twitter comments went from she cheated on her husband, but doesn't want to explain the truth to is that does that count as a threesome? Like question. the questions that everyone had that no one on this panel asked were unbelievable. I like, want to know his too, version of the story. I'll take what she's smoking. Yeah. I'll smoke what she's smoking. All of that and nothing. I have so many. I really want to know his side of the story. Like, is he like, yeah, I was in a closet for two <laughs> hours. That explains my yeah. notable absence in my wife's bed. Yeah. So many took people just like, man, mask. me too, man, me too. Took off a mask and she's a lizard. Took off the mask of a guy purporting to be her husband. Purporting to be and her it husband. Was it was a, a lizard head, a la Scooby-Doo. Uh-huh. And then Gargoyles, mm-hmm. which is another old-timey... Do you remember the Gargoyles cartoons in the I 80s? I do. So that yeah. must mean Here, something. Here's literally what she said. Okay. Um, finally, I said, I've had enough. In my mind, I reached up. I grabbed his face, and I said, you are a liar, and Jesus is real. And I pulled that face off, and beneath it was a reptile. And he had little creatures with him this time. He brought these little halfling creatures. And Halflings? They lo- halfling. And they looked like, I don't know, gargoyles. They were very reptilian as well. So beneath that face of Derek was a reptilian serpentine creature, probably similar to what was visiting the Anasazi. I don't know what you're Derek, you're being a lizard again, Derek. Mm-hmm. Derek, what did we talk about? We can't do lizard foreplay. It freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Derek. Man, it was good times. Gargoyles. Genuinely, like, was she a... I, I need to know, like... Is it made up from whole cloth? Was she asleep and had a vivid dream? Genuinely, if, was she on some like? If I cared enough, weird things on Ambien. If I cared enough, she appears on the Jim Baker show uh-huh. um, to talk about whatever it is she's talking about. So I have to imagine that in her own bubble, uh-huh. with her own podcast and show, she's probably told this story before. Which means if you go back, like there's probably. Plenty of times she's referred to this alien, and now I now that I say it, yeah, I have to go do the deep dive. Yeah, if anybody had, oh yeah, you'll do it. I was gonna I, volunteer. If anyone wants to <laughs> go look up uh, Miss Gilbert here, oh, Sharon Gilbert. Lord. Let's what find a out. bananas story. Oh man, good times. Wow, we. I'm glad everyone enjoyed the clip. Because it didn't take a lot of work. <laughs> there wasn't much editing I had to do other than getting rid of the little tangents to that story. That's hit. Okay, so you cl- you tweeted the video and the- I think it's been viewed like 5.5 million times. It's been insane. Dang. I couldn't use Twitter uh, for about two and a half days, like the mention side oh, of things. Oh, that must have been nice. 
Um, kind of, yes. <laughs> uh, couldn't re- see anything because people just responding to the tweet, not to me. Just yeah. like sharing the tweet like, oh my God. Oh my God. And everyone seemed to have fun mocking what should be mocked. Yeah. Um, wow. Let's talk about Baronel Stutzman. She is the Christian baker uh, who's a florist. Um, usually we're used to bakers, but she's the florist in uh, the state of Washington. Oh, yes. Who in 2013, uh, 20, was it 13? 2013, mm-hmm. this woman, her name is Baronelle, she runs a place, uh, owns a place called Arlene's Flowers. Okay. And one of her regular customers, not a guy. Baronelle's Flowers. <laughs> not Baronelle's Flowers. I don't know who, I don't know who Arlene is. But <laughs> so, one of her regular male customers comes in uh-huh. and says, I want to buy flowers. It's for my wedding. Uh, to another guy. Mm. And at that point, she says, no, I don't do gay flowers or something like that. Yeah, Flowers are inherently heterosexual. <laughs> Everyone knows that. So she refused to uh, provide flowers for uh-huh. a same-sex wedding, even though marriage equality was legal in their state and there were anti-discrimination laws. And, and basically, she was fined $1,000 and told, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, you're, only, you're running a public business. You can't so discriminate against customers. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, small slap on the wrist, but thousand buck fine, and you can't do that anymore. That seems about right. Sure. Fine. So she sued. She sued the state of Washington, and the Washington Supreme Court unanimously ruled against her, saying, no, the law's there. Right. You broke the rules. There's no way out of this for you. Right. I don't care what your religion is. Um, and, like, she appealed all the way to the Supreme Court. I won't go through the entire case history, mm-hmm. but basically the Supreme Court said, we are not getting involved in this because there's nothing basically for us to decide here. Uh-huh. Um, and basically the Washington Supreme Court that ruled unanimously against her, they said selling flowers for a same-sex wedding, it's not an endorsement of homosexuality, no matter what you say. It's an endorsement um, of flowers. Yeah. You would give flowers for an Islamic wedding, an atheist wedding. Mm-hmm. Like no one would think you are endorsing that, right. and, but you do disagree with it. Mm-hmm. This is no different. That was their argument. And by the way, she admitted that herself. Like, if you ask her, would you sell to a Muslim who's having a a wedding? She's like, yeah, of course I would. And they're like, yeah, exactly. So you hear it, right? (laughs) (laughs) So basically, uh, the thing is, the Supreme Court, however, they didn't take it up, but they tossed out the Washington State Supreme Court's ruling and said, look, we've we've made some other decisions in the past couple of years mm-hmm. that have to do with religious freedom and LGBTQ issues. Why don't you reassess this case in the light of whatever the hell we've just done? So the Washington State Supreme Court looks at it again and they're like, yeah, no, we were right. Yeah, the we first nailed time. it the first time. Fucking slam so dunk. No, no. Now we're at 2019. They said it again. Unanimously. Yeah. We were right the first time. Yeah. There's nothing for us. I to feel like I remember that happening. So once again, her lawyers, the conservative Christian lawyers asked the Supreme Court again. Hey, now look at our case. Um, <sighs> and in July, the Supreme Court said, no, we're not listening to it. But here's the thing. uh, Justices Thomas, Gorsuch, Alito, Mm -hmm. they openly said this was the wrong move. We want to take up this case. We think there's a religious freedom issue here to take up, which says a couple things at this point. Again, this is in July of this year. Um, I'm sorry, is this? I need to double check the date on that. So 2019 Uh, is when... No, it's July of this year. Of this year. This court, I mean, we're talking Kavanaugh... And Amy Coney Barrett did not mm-hmm. say, we want to hear this case. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. But. Well, I wonder if it's because they agree with the outcome and don't want to be on record of being like, 
anti-religion in any way. I, I think if you're one of the newer justices, the mm. last thing you want to do is step into a not ambiguous situation. It's one thing to like, I know they're going overboard mm. on a lot of the abortion is- issues, LGBTQ mm-hmm. issues, but it's like, there are some cases that might be on the line and you're like, this, I could weigh in on this. Mm. But sometimes when it's not even a good case and this woman does not have a good case, right. it's like, don't make me rule on this, even though I might want to go your way because right, right. I'll look stupid. Yes. You're making me look stupid. Mm-hmm. That could be a reason they don't want to take this one up. Um, so anyway, you would think they're out of options, but now her legal team since July... Her legal team How said, "How much money I know, does this bitch have? Who's dude, funding her? Who's funding her?" Alliance Defending Freedom, Fucking the conservative legal group. Shocking. Basically, they said, "Hey, Supreme Court, you've actually made some other rulings in light of the pandemic on religious freedom. Why don't you look at this case again in light of what you have already said?" Okay, so that's where we're at now. I'm this woman bored does hearing not this story. I know, and the Supreme Court. What are you doing, you I guys? Know. So here's where we're at. Her side is saying, Supreme Court, look at it again. We're waiting on the Supreme Court to say whether they're going to hear it. But here's the thing. (sighs) This week, both sides told the court, Supreme Court, just ignore us. Toss out the case. Toss out her appeal to you. We're all going to pretend we don't exist. We've taken care of this ourselves. They, They decided they reached a settlement together. Okay. Both sides. Here's what they said. Stutzman has to pay the two gay men $5,000. Great. She also said she's going to retire from the flower shop. Sure. Um, And that's it. Her side's going away. They have decided, yes, we will just end our fighting here for whatever reason. They don't want to deal with this anymore. So who do you think ultimately made that call? Do you think it's one of the people involved? Or do you think it's like Alliance Defending Freedom, who's like... First of all, how do we ping pong back and yeah. forth between I, these courts? The I don't understand how side law of works, me, I guess. The cynical side of me says the conservative lawyers on their side were like, we're still not going to win. Yeah, this and is it doesn't look like we have a better case than we did a while ago because mm-hmm. clearly we had the case we wanted last time. Right. Court said, this court right. said no to us. We're probably going to lose again. So let's just cut our losses because if the Supreme Court says yes, mm-hmm. That's a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of legal writing and time for your lawyers. Like, you don't do that unless you think you have a chance or you feel like you have to defend this. Mm -hmm. They decided, let's just cut our losses here. So here's the thing. They gave $5,000 to the gay men. The Mm -hmm. gay men said, uh, we're going to donate that to PFLAG, the parents for, uh, what is it? PFLAG, parents... For lesbian and gay Parents people, I think. And friends of lesbians yeah. and gays. Thank you. A um, very and, 80s, 90s name for a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, we're going to chip in another 5,000 bucks of our own because uh, they don't want this to Aww, be like just. That's her nice. Money. Yeah, so they're donating the money to a ally group. Genuinely, I was like, oh, I hope they got on a really nice vacation. I but know, right? I guess that's better. <laughs> and here's what the men said uh, the two guys We're glad the Washington Supreme Court rulings will stay in place to ensure that same-sex couples are protected from discrimination and should be served by businesses like anyone else. Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. It was painful to be turned away, and we are thankful that this long journey for us is finally over. Interestingly enough, if you uh, look at her statement that she issued, it was basically like, I hope those guys respect my decision and where I'm coming from, and I love them because I'm Christian. Whatever. Roll your eyes. These guys are like, we're glad it's over. Like, they didn't say anything about her, which is low-key shade. Oh, so shady. Also, the the Christian habit of saying, I love you, makes me want to vomit everywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't act like that. I know. That's yeah. not what... like. This is honestly, I think this is why there's so much fucking abuse that's rampant in the cap and like just Christianity is because 
when you literally have like at the pulpit, they're like, God showed his love by flooding the world. Like <laughs> that's how he did it by killing everybody except for four people. That's how God shows love. Their and Christian love looks like Christian hate for everyone else. Yeah. And like, so if somebody says, I love you and that's why I hit you, then that all tracks. Right. And maybe that's not super healthy or good. And maybe love should mean something else besides trying to control something i don't know yeah. it's just me maybe i'm the crazy her, one she was using love as her defense for bigotry so <laughs> meh grocery she loses end of story yeah, but technically whatever. it means she settled uh whatever well she lost <laughs> what six grand total that well and adf loses whatever amount they i mean they pay oh, for it themselves I but like drain the coffers yeah how much time and effort do they waste on this case that they shouldn't have done anyway um there was an interesting article uh, this week in the Washington Post, and it came from Denver's Catholic Archbishop uh, Samuel J. Aquila. Here's what he was basically getting at. He said a lot of the Catholic churches in his diocese and a lot of churches, period, over the past year or two have seen vandalism occur to their buildings. And sometimes you will see uh, pro-choice messages mm-hmm. graffitied on the walls, uh, pro-LGBTQ, pro-Black Lives Matter, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, if the church is known to be against those things, people are vandalizing their churches. So this is what Aquila wrote in his piece after giving a lot of examples of Mormon church, uh, African-American churches dealt with property damage mm-hmm. uh, during protests of, for racial justice. Buddhist temples, Muslim mosques have been targeted. Jewish communities are facing, he said, historical levels of anti-Semitism. There are attacks on synagogues and cemeteries. Hate crimes are hit high. And then he says, yeah. I, I, I think I'm confused. So you, you're saying there's like anti-gay churches are getting like Black Lives Matter, pro are getting anti Are getting pro Okay. LGBTQ rights and messages. Are those the same messages that are on these synagogues? Or no, is they're it just, all over the place. So vandalism as a whole. Van- okay, gotcha. Yeah. From, He's lumping, from both ends. lumping okay. together all the vandalism against your Gotcha. Okay, he says at you. the end, people of goodwill, whether religious or not, must condemn and confront the societal trends that encourage attacks on houses of worship, trends that extend far beyond religion. <laughs> So part of me is like, yeah, of course, of course you condemn vandalism against churches. I should point out like a decade ago or so, there was a church in Oregon that got vandalized and they used either satanic or anti-atheist or pro-atheist messages. Yeah, I remember that. And on my website, we raised money to help with the cleanup Mm -hmm. efforts for that. Because again, I mean, you would think atheists more than others maybe would say, we think we're right and we could argue, we could debate this Mm -hmm. thing. Then stop vandalizing them. Go yep. do your debate online or wherever. Yeah, roll your eyes. I know. Yeah, I know. That's stupid. But like, don't vandalize their church. They have a right to worship mm-hmm. and you have a right to complain and yeah. argue against them. Fine. Here's the, where I was trying to draw a line because I'm with him on the don't vandalize any of these places. They do have a right to worship, as despicable as some of those places' beliefs may be. Um, I just wanted to point out a couple things. One is, as far as I know, none of the acts he mentioned were done by people attacking religion. Uh, as far as I know, these are not atheists committing these crimes mm-hmm. um, or ruining these buildings, defacing them or anything like that, which I just want to point that out. Right. Um, I would hope atheists would be among the first to condemn anything like that, whoever mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. Um, here's the part I got an eye roll for. <laughs> this is from his article. Respectful conversation has given way to spiteful confrontation, and the long-standing attitude of live and let live is being replaced by live as I want you to live. Uh, He's saying that about the vandals. Okay. Which, 
Again, for a Catholic archbishop to say, we believe in live and let live. Yeah. Like, you're the reason there are these abortion bans it's and a, this legal live arguments and let live against garbage. LGBTQ people. It's, it, you're not, though. You're not the living Catholic and church let live specifically yeah. is not doing that. Um, I mean, when has the Catholic Church ever been like, we yeah. have these beliefs, but you do whatever I you feel want. like entire swaths of Native Americans and First Nations people in Canada would disagree <laughs> yeah. that the Catholic Church has a longstanding stance of live and let live, Hammond. Right. And the Catholic Church especially, more than half the Jesus. people in their Fuck own pews disagree Christ. with the Church's teachings. Who is so, this guy? I'm going to go bully Archbish- him. No, no. Why? Archbishop of Denver. But here's the thing that I thought. My flight is going to go through Denver on my way to Montana. I'm sure he'll be I'll at be the there. airport. Yes. I have a two hour layover. Here's, here's the thing I wanted. Like, I'm not defending the Vandals. I don't like the Vandals. I wish mm-hmm. they didn't do it. Here's what I was trying to figure out, though. I think for a lot of these people who might be committing these acts, and I haven't heard, I don't know, I haven't seen any articles quoting them mm-hmm. directly. I think a lot of times you don't even know who they are. Right. Um, they believe that these churches, powerful churches, are making these arguments against abortion rights, against mm-hmm. LGBTQ people. Fine. There is no way to get through to them, and there's no alternative way to voice your concerns, disagreements, complaints about their beliefs, and how harmful they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. There's no complaint box. There's no formal debate mm-hmm. to have. It's not like you can go up to an archbishop and say, well, here's my problem with right. what you're preaching. Partly because they don't make themselves accessible. Partly because it's religious dogma. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you... I mean, if you want the vandalism to stop, and I again, I agree, it should mm-hmm. stop... There needs to be a way for people to voice their concerns so that they feel you are going to listen. Yeah. And all of these religious leaders at all of these places, almost by definition, there's no way to other way for these people to get through. It turns out when you vandalize their property, mm-hmm. oh, now all of a sudden they listen because you've given them no other choice. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not defending the vandals, but I think if you want to stop it, it's not getting people like us to condemn it because mm-hmm. we do and no one's arguing for it i mean more or less if you want them to stop <laughs> vandalizing your place give people a way yeah. to express their concerns yeah. and show them you actually care and are going to do something about it yeah. i think that problem is baked into the system because they're not going to change their views right but again where, yeah. how do you want them to share their grievances with you and you, you're giving them no outlet to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to stop the vandalism, you got to give them some like nicer, saner, rational outlet. Otherwise, that is going to... I don't think anything I say and anything anyone else says is going to stop whoever these people are from reacting this way. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, on the one hand, I guess... I don't know. Vandalism is like tacky is kind of my main problem with it. <laughs> like it's sort of tacky. But also, I don't know, riots are the voices of the voiceless, right? Like, but I guess I think... I mean, that's been the argument for the rioting on stuff too, which is you're not listening to us. We can't get your attention unless we, whatever, take over like a street or ruin a building. You care about property. You don't care about us. That's kind of the argument on the riot side of things. Exactly. Give them a voice. Give them a way to listen and show that you're listening and that stuff would stop. Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that all vandal... I I don't know. Maybe this is just like the latent 16-year-old in me or something like that, but I have... Oh, God, no. I'm not... I'm not saying go out and vandalize. I'm just saying like if I see a church that preaches hate... 
get vandalized, I'm not upset about it. I guess that's what I'm saying. Oh, here was the other thought I had about that. So over the summer, Greg Locke, the hate preacher from Tennessee, Uh his circus tent church, his circus tent got vandalized with like, you're a bigot, whatever. And part of me was like, a lot of letters for spray paint. (laughs) I can't believe this spelled. (laughs) I can't believe they got the apostrophe. Um, And part of me was like, did you do this? I kind of think you did this. I don't know. Oh, As he in did it Greg himself. Locke. I thought you were um, accusing me, no. Jessica, of doing it. I, part which would have been dope. Part of me thought he did it because he likes the attention. Oh, but totally. I, I can't prove that. Here's the thing. I don't know who did it. But what I do remember is after that happened, mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, in ph- philosophically, I agree with the message of the vandals. Yeah. Even though I disagree with vandalism. But my point was, you're giving a guy who doesn't deserve it a reason for people to, yeah, the pity and people are going to sympathize with him. I he doesn't he deserve that. But that's my argument with these church vandals too. If you think the Catholic church is anti-gay, anti-abortion or what have you, and same with the other religious denominations and you're vandalizing their church saying like, you hate women, whatever, yeah. you're giving people a reason to sympathize with the side you hate. Yeah, that's It's going to backfire. That's like it's true. just a stupid method. Yeah. I don't get the strategy behind that. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. Um, let me move to a different story here. This is uh, Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor, uh, lieutenant governor of North Carolina. We've talked about him. Oh, sure. Mark Robinson. I know that guy. The lieutenant governor of North Carolina? Yeah. So this is the guy who says he's t- almost certainly going to run for governor sure. in 2024. And this we're is, excited about No, this? we are so not excited. Did not think this. so. Um, he has spent several months, because he's under the radar as a lieutenant governor, spent several months talking to churches because he is a conservative Christian mm. and just saying wildly horrible oh, things. Fun. We've talked about some of them. He said if you had forced religion in public schools, it would prevent mass shootings. He said, quote, transgenderism and homosexuality amount to filth. He said the trans movement is demonic it, right? <laughs> and full of antichrist spirit. So he's wait. Been, what, what's yeah. demonic? Uh, trans movement. Oh, just just, just writ large the movement. Yeah. Oh, well, so that's fun. Basically, the thing is, as lieutenant governor, he is speaking at these churches, mm-hmm. saying these horrible things, mm-hmm. and now he's using that to jump into a campaign for governor, which he hasn't officially announced, but he probably will soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it. It's like, oh God, this is a guy they've. Ele- he's a black Republican. What? He's black. Yes. Sorry. Which means he's one of the rare, like, there's one who just got elected in Virginia, too, with uh, what's-his-face um, that just won that race, oh, where know. they're just, like, Clarence Thomas, ultra-right-wing, sure. and Republicans are like, see, we're not racist, but yeah. they, those people hold views that are antithetical to, like, 95% of African The Hermans came of the world. <laughs> yes, the Hermans. <laughs> um, but basically, this guy is trying to really build up his Christian right base. And okay. he, so he's doing, going to churches, saying all this stuff. So it turns out, like, some of these things occur- that he said, he said over the summer, got very little attention for, until recently when yep. they all started showing up and then people go back and see what is he said during these sermons that he's speaking at, and you uncover a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. Well, this literal, like, this month... He spoke at a church. This is after people know he says crazy shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> he spoke at a church called Berean Baptist Church in Winston-Salem. And here's one of the things he was trying to say. He said he didn't want to explain to his grandchildren why two men are kissing if they ever saw that on television. Sure. So he said he was once con- like confronted by a gay man. So you think your wife and you, you think your heterosexual relationship is superior to my husband and my homosexual relationship. Which that is, is totally, how gay people talk. Yes, absolutely. And here's what Robinson says to the congregation. 
yes, my yeah. relationship is superior to yours. That's his response. What? That straw man argument that was definitely fake didn't mm-hmm. work? Mm-hmm. He says these oh people... Oh, my Christ. Um, he says of straight couples, like, these people are superior because oh. they can do something these people, the gay couples, cannot do, which is having a child. Oh, counterpoint... I fully cannot have a child despite my best heterosexual and enterprises. So like, do I, Oh my God, is he going to tell me my marriage is bad? Oh, I'm going to have to tell Mike, he's going to be disappointed. (laughs) He went on to say like, uh, there's no difference. There's no superiority when it comes to black people or white people, Uh but straight people and gay people. Absolutely. At least he put that part in because otherwise it would be a bananas thing to say. And then he went on to make other transphobic comments and then compared gay people to maggots and cow shit. He said, being gay is like what the cows leave behind, as well as maggots and flies, who all, they have a purpose. Maggots are flies. They have a purpose in God's creation, but whatever. This is a guy who's arguably, he's running for North Carolina governor soon. He was introduced as the, like, quote unquote, the The next next governor. governor. Yeah, by the pastor, which again... Shouldn't be happening at all, but again, it doesn't matter when Republicans do it. It's, uh, I, yeah, whatever, keep going, I have no words. Um, (laughs) this is, this is an amusing story that I had, I had too much fun reading. Um, we, I think we talked about this when it happened, but a couple of months ago, a wealthy couple in Florida, their names are Anthony and Barbara Scarpo, they're in Tampa, Florida, they sued the Catholic school that one of their daughters graduated from and one of their daughters was attending, they sued uh, the, Cath- the Academy of the Holy Names did we is the talk name of the school. We did talk okay, about this at the time. Familiar. And basically what they said is, this is a couple so wealthy, they pledged to give $1.35 million to the school. And the school's like, cool, that's awesome, we'll take it. How do we get somebody to pledge $1.3 million to me personally? Uh, go to Patreon. Great. Yeah. So they were suing. Doing they wanted max their... at $25 a month. <laughs> I don't think they've given all the money, uh, but they said we're suing to basically cancel the pledge and we want the money we've given back. Huh. Why? Because they claimed the school had, quote, gone woke. And wasn't Catholic enough. Okay, yes, I remember these. Okay, yes, I do remember this. Yes, and yes, 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 yes. I their... would expect no less from a Barbara from Florida. <laughs> their complaints were that, you know, this is the case of many of the better Catholic like institutions. Uh-huh. A lot of them are very much, these are not like private Christian schools that are indoctrinating you. Mm-hmm. They're Catholic schools in the sense that we want you to get a well-rounded education. Yep. Yeah, there's some prayer shit going on as well. But we want you to be well-rounded. We are going to try to give you this Jesuit, like, Uh broad education. And basically at this school, they were, like, pro-Black Lives Matter. They were pro-civil rights Mm. and allies to LGBTQ people, regardless of what the church teaches about. That's really radical, Hammond. I mean... I, listen, I went to grad school at a Catholic school because right. they had the only one that fit my schedule DePaul at the time. Royal. DePaul. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they're fine. Like, mm. there was nothing. Yeah, my quote, brother unquote, went to DePaul. My friend Anne is going to DePaul. DePaul's a very good school. It's Catholic, though. Um, the, here's specifically what the couple said they didn't like. Um, school officials publicly said their community at the school, quote, they rejected, quote, the racism and hatred reflected in the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor. They also. Tots, uh, the couple also said um, at the entrance to the school that here's how you can be a good ally to the LGBTQ plus 
uh, individuals. And basically the couple said, that's not what the church teaches. And also you're not like, what is it that we want to sympathize with when it comes to why? Oh, I'm sorry. When it came to the racism stuff, they said this school is teaching students that they should quote, they should be guilty if you are white and your parents can afford our tuition. Like if your reaction to, if your reaction, right? If your reaction to we sympathize and we oppose the racism inherent in the deaths of those people and your reaction is, how dare you sympathize with those people? Oh my God. So basically, here's the follow-up to this story. So they sued the school, saying the school's too woke. And they wanted the two... It's so fucking funny. I genuinely can't stand it. It's so good. It's delicious. The lawsuit wanted a tuition (sighs) refund for their daughter, who was still there. That certainly can't They wanted the school to stop calling itself Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted the school's accreditation by the Florida Catholic Conference to be stripped away so they wouldn't have accreditation. Shit. Uh It was a lot. And I don't remember all that. Oh my! <laughs> I thought they just didn't want to give their donation no, anymore. I mean, if they don't want to give their donation, I don't yeah, know what the contract was for the pledge. But whatever. I have other places that money can go in my pocket. <laughs> so this week, the judge yep. assigned to this case basically said there were fourteen counts charges that you had made. I'm tossing out twelve of them, okay? Um, because you are basically asking me, the judge, to decide what counts as Catholicism. And that is not what I do here. No, no, no. I do not think so. (laughs) He said more formally, he said the judge issued a verbal ruling citing concerns that the First Amendment prevented the court from delving into church teachings. So fine. That makes sense. The the judge doesn't get to decide you are following Catholicism or you're not. That's up to you. To be fair, can you imagine being a judge and having that (laughs) cross your desk and just being like, you want me to do what to whom? <laughs> you want me to say the Catholic Church shouldn't be teaching about racism? Like, that? that's... Go to the Pope for that one. Not my job. But also, for the two other complaints, the judge said, you are allowed to, like, resubmit them using different phrasing or something. But <laughs> it, it wasn't a symbol that I would rule in favor of you. Uh-huh. It's more like, these two aren't First Amendment issues, or I, I have to rule on what the church teaches. It's a technical thing. But basically, this judge <laughs> is like, you have no argument here, and I'm not going to weigh in on this. Honestly, you when, deal with the church, When not you describe me. those, it reminds me of when you, off mic, tell me about, like, talking to the New York Times about crossword puzzles of, like... <laughs> We'll take this. We don't like this part. Maybe this part should be different. Like, that's what it feels like of like, (laughs) we're not going to tell you the right answer, but like, try again. Maybe Mm -hmm. this time, maybe look in the top corner (laughs) for this one. Yes. I I will say after they filed the lawsuit, so many graduates and alums of the school were like, this lawsuit is so stupid. The school probably made more money by this lawsuit oh, God, yeah. because of all the people who are like, the school's good. Stop ruining our school. I bet they recouped their expenses <laughs> for sure. Could you imagine if you were like a liberal Catholic in fucking Florida and coming across this gem of a school that oh teaches that racism is bad and I don't know, probably birth control works. I bet <laughs> they don't teach that. Oh Jesus. They well, then are fuck opposed them. to the birth control. Oh, so brave. I assume. 
Um, let me jump to there's another lawsuit against Liberty University. Again. Another one. Ooh, Just based to be clear, on what? we've already had former students sue the school saying sexual uh, assault. We were victims addressed. of sexual assault. We reported it. You did not care. Right. We feared getting punished, so we couldn't even report it to you because mm-hmm. you were gonna blame us for what happened. That's one lawsuit. There is a former Liberty administrator named Scott Lamb who filed a federal lawsuit saying the school fired fired him because he took those sexual assault uh, cases seriously. Oh, yeah. Um, and refused to participate in any sort of cover-up. And then the school fired him. And he's like, I'm suing you over that. Perfect. No, no. Sherry Falwell Jr. has filed a defamation lawsuit against Liberty. Against Liberty? Uh, as if Liberty made him look yeah, bad. Liberty and not his, is why you look bad, my dude. You fucking Not his moron. wife, not his actions, not his unzipped pants on a boat somewhere. I hate it. So I can't. The problem is I can't get that picture out of my head, and it's upsetting, uh-huh. and I hate it. It's glorious. Oh, no. And now here's another lawsuit. What do you call it? Blackwater? Yeah, he Black was water. drinking it's black water. It's not wine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's the new lawsuit, which was actually filed last month, but I hadn't seen any coverage of it until this week. Okay. Uh, her name is Valerie Dufort, and she was an investigator in the school's Office of Equity and Compliance. Okay. It was her job to investigate a lot of the assault charges coming to the school. She would look into Title IX complaints and assault allegations, and she says in the lawsuit she was subject to retaliation and harassment Because she was doing her job. Yeah. And the specifics here are incredible. She said a bisexual male student came to her and said his female girlfriend had physically abused him. Mm -hmm. Unusual case, but it makes sense. Like, that happens. it certainly happens. It happens. So she said she basically did her job. She took that case to the school officials. Uh And she said in the lawsuit, it was ultimately dismissed due to his gender and sexual orientation. They just didn't take Wait, it seriously because saying, he was a guy and because he was bi. Are you telling me that feminism actually is good for both men and win, women <laughs> yes. and non-binary people? There you go. Are you telling me that women fighting for equality is actually good for everybody? This is crazy, crazy. Evan. And then after she pushed back and said, no, this, this is an assault allegation regardless, sure. and you need to take it seriously, she said she was no longer given cases to investigate and basically turned into a glorified secretary. <sighs> Like, for example, they said, uh, listen, you need to improve your work in uh, five different areas. Four of them were things they had never discussed with her before. Mm-hmm. Like, so she has, at one point. Everybody knows oh, when they're about to get edged out. Uh-huh. Everybody sees it, it coming. It gets worse. It gets worse. She said during the pandemic, early on in the pandemic, which, by the way, Liberty did not take seriously, kept their campus open, reopened very early mm-hmm. without any mask requirements. She said she wanted to work from home because her husband's immunocompromised. Mm. Um, the school said no to her, even though they had said yes to other people with similar requests. She was instead forced to take an unpaid leave and when she returned to work she was chastised for not improving in those four four or five areas and then she was fired i bet our listeners a lot of our listeners recognize that chain of events because business uh, Uh so anyway like this is not a jerry falwell issue this is a liberty is broken issue and it's another lawsuit against the school for basically running like the entire administration is a shit show yeah that's the lesson i'm taking away that's not a guilty verdict that's just saying if so many of these people are all forget jerry falwell mm-hmm. if all the other people are filing lawsuits against liberty all basically saying say different versions of the same story <laughs> i feel like there's a problem at liberty oh. and no one at the school in the positions of power seem to be doing anything substantial to address these issues. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I am really excited for people to continue to go there and get terrible educations and face sexual assault. I know. No remember back in the day when you could just make fun of Liberty because the students graduating were getting a diploma that was worth as much as toilet paper. Now and it's... I can't even make fun of the creationism there anymore. It's like it that's low bad. on the totem pole of everything they do wrong there. What's their think tank? Their fault. Falkirk? It was the Falkirk Center. Now oh, it has some weird generic now. name because there was I so bad they fired Falwell and Kirk. I do feel like the ultimate fired, goal... Fired, resigned, re- didn't, right. didn't renew Encouraged a contract. Encouraged to resign. Yeah. I really feel like the ultimate uh, end point of this podcast is a think tank. I really think that's where <laughs> our, our skills, and I'm using skills loosely, We're can be best utilized. white papers everywhere. <laughs> Listen, I've written a lot of white papers in my life, and I'm mm-hmm. very good at them. Um, here's a disturbing story from where else? Florida. Yep. Uh, 31-year-old guy, Robert Coda, C-O-T-A. Um, apparently, he recently attended an uh, event for new members at some local church. Okay. And while he's there, like I guess the pastor says to all these hopefully new members of the church, mm-hmm. well, here's like the guidebook. This is our church's statement of beliefs. This is where we stand on various issues. Like, that's fine. That's typical. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is their rules about marriage and gender and sexual contact and sexual orientation. And like, I'm not even going to get into where I disagree. It doesn't matter. The mm-hmm. church has their beliefs. And the pastor is saying, here's where we stand on everything. And apparently this dude, Coda, goes to the pastor and he's like, I have a question about something on this in this guidebook. Um, it says incest is forbidden. Uh, I have questions about this. And the pastor's like, what, what are your questions, <laughs> sir? So clearly red flags raised because uh-huh. I guess I, I don't have this, these details. I guess the guy kept talking as if this wasn't a problem. Sure. And so what does the pastor do? The pastor says to the guy, uh-huh. that ain't right. Whatever it is you're doing, no, you if need you to stop it. If you have questions about whether it's incest, you probably should just yeah. pass it up. So not only did he tell the guy, you need to stop whatever you're doing, to his credit, the unnamed pastor, I don't know who it was, I don't know what church it was, uh-huh. he went to the sheriff's office, local <gasps> sheriff's officer, yeah, and he gave them a sheet that Coda had filled out with his address and phone number for the church. He's like, this is what the guy filled out for me. Wait, and he, did, he just said, in, I want to hear more about it. He didn't, did he tell the I, pastor or do I we not know? I couldn't get that information about what exactly he said to the pastor. But the but pastor enough happened heard that enough he, okay. that he's like, I need to tell people about yeah, this. Yeah. So he gives the uh, contact information to the sheriff's office. And basically, long story short, the sheriff's office goes to his house and they find a woman. I don't know if this is a long-term girlfriend, a wife, whatever, Mm -hmm. but they find a woman and they find a little girl. And it didn't take long before they connected the dots to the little girl. Um, And here's the end result of this. Uh, The girl, we don't know how old she is. I think she's probably under 12. Oh. Yeah. She said this guy has been sexually assaulting her for three years. She said it started when she was seven. No. Uh, She said uh, that it had happened more than 600 times, like just a regular thing in their lives. If you're looking for any silver lining here, I know there really isn't one, but this guy is now in jail. He's been charged with 600 counts of sexual assault and 600 counts of incest, 1,200 altogether. He's being held in prison. His bond is at $3 million. Um... I will say good on the pastor for doing what we've been asking for people like people like him in his position to do forever, which is 
don't pray this away. Don't tell them it's a sin. Go talk to someone oh. who can do something about it. And he did. So good on the pastor. Yeah, that's... I'm, one thing that struck uh, stuck out to me as this is going on, like, good, it seems to be handled appropriately. Jesus Christ, I... I, my heart goes out Fuck to this unnamed me, girl. That's terrible. Yeah, I kind of I have so many questions about why did this guy want to join a church? Does he think he's religious now? Like, did he not see this as a problem until now? Weird. Like, where he had enough moral, like black and whiteism to be a part of this clearly conservative church, yeah, but no ambiguity about what he was doing. I a don't lot get of times, that. perpetrators of like long term crimes oftentimes will sort of subconsciously get themselves caught because they're ready to be done. That's easy a lot with like serial killers of like, they were ready to be caught. They couldn't keep it up. I did see a lifetime movie about this this week. <laughs> it was just like that. I kind of wonder, did this guy like rule taught me anything? <laughs> did this guy start reading Genesis where they do have cases of incest in the book? And he's, and like, he's like, yep, <laughs> there's nothing else in the Bible for me to read. I'm good. I'll stop at page seven. Um, but here's a real, here's a real thing to consider. What if this guy was not a Protestant of whatever denomination he decided to join? What if he was, he was Catholic, Catholic and he went to a confessional booth then and you- told a priest, here's what I've been doing? Because for years now, Catholic priests have been arguing and saying, we shouldn't have to report that to law enforcement. That is in yep. the sanctity of the confessional booth. And we should not, we can give them the religious repentance path, Mm -hmm. but we should not be obligated to tell law enforcement about anything we hear, even if it means protecting kids. They've been fighting to do that. We should be grateful this guy went to a pastor. If that man was Catholic, a little girl would still be getting molested by her parent or authority figure, literally as we speak. So good, genuinely good on that, that pastor and fuck the Catholic church. Yeah. Um, Here is... Another horrible uh, state uh, senator from Montana. Uh-oh. Uh, this Uh-oh. is State Senator Teresa Manzella. She was speaking at a God Country family tour, so a bunch of conservative Christians. Uh-huh. And while she was there, she was speaking, I guess there was a pastor in the community who recently said he's not going to work with the Missoula Food Bank because they included pride inserts in sack lunches that they gave to homeless people. Uh-huh. And so he, the pastor, was like, well, then, if you're going to support LGBTQ people, I am not going to work with you. Mm. And because that pastor has a day job at a real estate company, the real estate company, like, basically filed an ethics complaint against this guy for being a bigot. Um, now, I just want to just point out that this woman presides over a district that i used to live in hey, hey there you go he this guy the the pastor i i think there was a line that i'm kind of curious about about if you have personal bigoted beliefs but they don't go into your day job i do have a question about how much that should affect your day job but that said he has to attend an ethics hearing next month if he wants to keep his real estate license and not pay a five thousand dollar fine okay this is a controversy within their christian circles for obvious reasons so this woman Uh, Manzella, the state senator, was speaking at this conference about him, about the pastor, about the bigot, Uh and wanting to defend him. So she wanted the crowd to know she is on the pastor's side. And she said, like she she said, we're not here to whine or complain about this silly ethics complaint Uh uh, and the thoughts about persecution, because that is nothing as compared to what Christ went through for us. We are here to celebrate Brandon Huber, the Uh. real estate guy, and his stand for God and godliness. And then she said, 
uh, that members of the LGBTQ community like to play the protected class card because queer couples in general <laughs> have expressed that there's wait here's the here's the part you need I to hear. Wanna. She said queer couples in general have expressed that they're scared to walk down the street holding hands in fear of possible violence against them for their sexuality. Which is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're scared to walk down, especially in conservative areas. So what does she say about that? I've got to tell you, I think those are normal consequences associated with the choices they made. <sighs> Two things about that. Yeah. So because they are gay couples yeah. who just want to walk down the street mm-hmm. in peace, mm-hmm. she said, and because they live in fear of that, she says that's a normal consequence yeah. of a choice they made as if they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess if you choose to be gay, um, well, too bad. You've got to fear for your lives. That's just a consequence of whatever you want to do and not calling out the people who make them live in fear. Uh, the state's yeah. Democratic Party, all three of them, I guess, they're calling for sanctions There's against... Democratic- of Montana right now, I think. Whatever, they legalize pop. I know they have Tester and everything in (laughs) Senate. But like, yeah, the state's Democratic Party is calling for sanctions against her, wanting to remove her from committee assignments, basically the only thing they can do Uh within their power, but it's maybe not going to happen. They said, this is from the uh, House Minority Leader, Senator Manzella's remarks are nothing short of offensive, dangerous, and unacceptable. Um, They also said LGBTQ Montanans have always been valued members of our communities and they deserve the basic dignity and respect owed to everyone in our state, the most basic of which is to be able to live their lives without fear of violence. And here's the thing. Manzella reacted to this like she was Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert, where she's like, you're attacking me for my bigotry? Well, this is your fault. She basically said uh, they took her quotation, quote, a bit out of context. Oh, did they? And then she posted the entire speech she gave on Facebook so everyone could see it for themselves. Guess what? It's terrible. Totally in context. There was nothing taken out of place. It sounded even worse when you put it in context because she also added that the LGBTQ movement Uh is recruiting our kids. Oh, are they? What is their recruitment techniques? I don't know, but this is in a separate Facebook post. Um, She also... Uh, questioned whether her religious freedom was under attack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her reaction to saying gay people should live in fear. Basically. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I just want to uh, clarify a previous mistake. I'm so sorry. Uh, she is not a representative of the place where I used to live. She uh, represents uh, Stevensville. We called it Steve I. And the surrounding, I don't know, mountains or whatever. I don't know. I just wanted to make that clear. Very so she nice. doesn't represent Missoula, which I think is pretty important to point out because Missoula is like, I could have sworn it said Missoula. I mean, the district. Uh, I'm on Valdopedia District oh, okay. Forty, Senate District Forty Four is where she is. I, I think she's just south of Missoula, um, got it. so it tracks that Missoula is part of her like concern, and because it's the got only it, liberal place, place in Western Montana. Um, but you like, she doesn't even go up to like low, lower down to Hamilton, which is where I used to grocery shop. Hamilton was because we didn't have a grocery store in my town. Uh, one last story for you, which I found, uh, fascinating. There was a survey out from the Pew Research Center and they asked people, um, why do bad things happen in the world? And I would have guessed most people, uh, would have just said God caused shit them. happens. Oh no. <laughs> I would have thought they said God. Um, no, they actually said what you said. Shit just happens. Huh. Um, of the responses that they asked, they said, what's the percent of it? U.S. adults who say 
blank explains why suffering exists either very well or somewhat well. Mm -hmm. Um, 86% of people said sometimes bad things just happen. Um, a whole bunch of them, like 71% said suffering is just a consequence of our own actions. That's um, fair. 69% said it happens just because of the way society is structured. Like mm. society, uh, the, is just a problem to begin with. We need to fix underlying issues. Mm -hmm. um, they d Overwhelmingly, they did not say God causes the problems as if it's part of some master plan. Mm -hmm. Now, many of those people said God helps you respond to the problems or mm -hmm. that God can fix the problems, but very much most of the people basically said God gave us free will to do what we want to do, mm -hmm. and if shit happens, it's our fault or society's fault or something like that. Mm -hmm. That actually surprised me. I genuinely thought most Americans, being religious believers, would have said, this is all part of God's plan. Sure. Um, even the bad stuff that happens, God caused it because it's supposed to maybe teach us a bigger, bigger lesson. I don't know. I don't know if that's... Uh, that was my first reaction, but I don't know if it's typical. Can I tell you a quick, uh, quick anecdote? Mm -hmm. um, when I was young, uh, when I was probably 10 or so, there was a family who lived in my community that um, there was a car accident, and it was a family of five, um, and the father, the youngest son, died. The daughter was in a coma. The Older brother, who was my age, who I was friends with in high school, um, he was not in the car at the time, um, and a woman hit them. Um, and it was horrible. And I think this is probably 96 or so, and so I couldn't have been more than 10 or 11. And I remember my mom coming home and telling me a story of talking to this woman who had just lost her son and her husband, and her daughter was in a coma. And this woman who I know is a mother of a school friend of mine said to her, well, that's just what happens. You must have done something wrong because God punished you. And I remember my mom told me that when I was fucking 10 years old. Uh, and I haven't thought about it in fucking 20 years. But people not only think that, but think it's an appropriate thing to say to some people. Yikes. It. Anyway, sorry, that was just all no, I thought of when, when we talk when we talk about like why do bad things happen? It's not just why do I feel how bad things happen. It's I'm in grief. Who can be the biggest dick to me yeah. right now? Um I guess if there's anything to take away from that survey result, it's that if most Americans agree God doesn't create our problems mm -hmm. um and that we did or society's structure needs to be fixed. Um, their structural problems, then maybe they will agree we're capable of fixing some mm -hmm. of our problems. And they, maybe they could elect politicians who will work toward reasonable solutions mm -hmm. because if God doesn't control our fate, that means we do. Yeah. Um, I feel like so many people just kind of throw their hands up and it's like, it doesn't matter who I elect or who I vote for or what I do because it's all in God's hands. But again, most vast majority that, of Americans don't It's such a fucking cop out. It's such a cop-out to be like, oh, whatever happens is going to happen no matter what. And that just... God eh. didn't cause it. People who believe in God caused a lot of right, these problems. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. fix it. Help us fix uh, it. Yeah. That's all I got. There's other stuff, but I don't care about it enough. Um, I have a couple things I want to yes. talk about. Um, speaking of Montana, um, I am going to be in Montana in February. Um, I am going on the first, like real nice vacation my husband and I have genuinely ever gone on. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we're going down to uh, to actually the ranch I, I used to work at back in the day. We're going down there for a few days, but we're going to spend 
um, a night or two in Missoula. Um, and so we're planning on having a meetup. Um, uh, Isaac is somebody who I am, I don't know, Twitter friends with. What does that mean? Uh, who's a dude who lives in that area. So, and he seems very confident there are listeners in Missoula. I feel <laughs> like maybe it's just him and like his wife. I don't know. Um, anyway, so, um, it's going to be like the first week of February. I don't have dates cause I haven't booked flights. Um, but just, I guess if that, if you live in that area and that's something you're, and you live there in February for some reason, um, I should be out there. Um, next is uh, my Etsy shop. So I am officially cutting off sales to guarantee for Christmas on, um, December 1st. So, um, so that gives you until Tuesday, the 30th. Like I'm, it's not like I'm not a corporation if you Text me. I'll see what I can do. Um, so bitches get stitched on is my cross uh, is my uh, Etsy shop. I just need to be clear that like I make all of these things by hand and they take hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, and that's why I have to cut them off early because they do take a lot of time. I've gotten a many, many orders and they're all fun and cool to work on. Um, mostly from listeners. So I appreciate people who have already bought things from me. And if you are looking for something for Christmas, um, you know, supply chain shit is bad, I guess. I don't know, et cetera. Uh, so yeah, let me know, uh, reach out. There's a, uh, everybody orders custom shit for my shop. You can like buy something, but like, if you want something custom, there's like a thing that just messages me. So there's that. Um, last thing I want to talk about, which is like a sad note is, um, I've had a rough day today. I uh, had a rough few days. I don't know if you remember, but I miscarried the day before Thanksgiving last year. Turns out that really like sucks the fun out of the holiday the, the next year. I don't know if it's going to be my favorite holiday movie not. But so I was kind of glum today. And then I found out Stephen Sondheim died yeah. um, just a couple hours before I haven't came over here. Um, I, boy, I know it's not interesting or original, but God, I fucking love Stephen Sondheim. Um, Into the Woods, I have... The Into the Woods original Broadway cast with Joanna Gleason um, is the only name I know from that Chip Chip something who did the voice of Howard the Duck is the thing I know. Um, my friend Amanda had the VHS. It's like a double VHS because that musical is 14 hours long. And I, Oh, Bernadette Peters, of course. Bernadette Peters is the mm-hmm. witch. Um, it's just one of my favorite things in existence. I love the music and the direction of that show. I, I like the the light and dark of it. It's it's on YouTube. I have watched it many times at night when I'm feeling sa- sorry for myself. These are the things I watch. Um, he did the lyrics of West Side Story. Like, uh, I think someone put it well. Um, I'm sure many people said the same thing, but he's one of the few people who his lyrics and the things he has written for the theater mm-hmm. gave us things to say about him in his passing. Like sometimes he people wrote- leave you halfway <laughs> through the woods. Yeah. Like it's, Oh boy, this is, I mean, listen, he was, I think 91. Yeah, um, it's, right. it's not, it's not unexpected. It was inevitable. Um, I think just about a year ago, maybe God more than that, they did like a tribute to Sondheim, I think for his yeah. 90th birthday. There's which some I may awesome go back stuff in. on YouTube. Uh, if you're into musicals, I, I, I just, you guys, if you like Stephen Sondheim at all, go back and watch that 90th birthday. Chip zine. I think his name is, and he still has, have you ever seen that version? The Bernadette Peters version of no, Into I the Woods? It's, incredible my husband played jack in high school and still (laughs) talks about he's 42 years old um 
those songs are incredible. And, and, and I will say about Stephen Sondheim is he wrote amazing roles for women when that mm. wasn't necessarily the most popular thing to do. If you look just at Into the like I'm a Stephen Sondheim fan. I love it in the woods. You look at In the Woods, there's complex, interesting characters and like sort of low-key white people rap sometimes, which is pretty fun. I don't <laughs> know. Um I'm serious I'm sincerely bummed about this it's a it's a sad night it was it's not surprising his life wasn't cut off short he lived a full wonderful life um but i don't know it's kind of a bummer i i I wish he had been able to see um the new west side story i feel like that's shaping up to be really Mm -hmm. fucking good i don't know if he saw a rough cut of it already or he said that in interviews yeah yeah like I'm just skimming through, putting it together. I think I read somewhere he saw... Sweeney Todd. He recently went to go see two different revivals in two consecutive nights, and he just, he's like, yep, they're both awesome, something like that. I, of course. I just accompany a little night music. I, I just, um, yeah, it's it's sad he contributed a fucking... Li- and is such an interesting songwriter. Like, listen to the fucking opening number of Sweeney Todd, and the shit they do with minor notes will blow your mind. The inte- well, Leonard Bernstein wrote the music to West Side Story, so I shouldn't talk about it. Anyway, um, I just want to say as a grown-up musical theater dork, it's it's sad. It's sad. And it I'm sad. and I'm sad, and I'm probably gonna I actually might watch um Sunday in the Park with George tonight, because that's not one I know very well. I like to, if I'm feeling sorry for myself, which is often, <laughs> I will find bootlegs on YouTube of Broadway shows. Oh, yeah. That's how All I've seen um, fucking, what's it called? Um, Spring Spring Awakening. Oh, okay. I've seen it like five times just I saw on a YouTube. I of uh, Dear Evan Hansen recently. Is that, we can, it was good. You know what? Bonus this episode. This is all bonus episode shit. There okay. You go. Um, hey, thanks again for our cross country coach. That is a, <laughs> was a bananas and great, uh, surprising and generous yeah. gift. Thank where, you. Where do we find you? You can always find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomke, um, on obviously on uh, Etsy, but just get Stitch done. And hey, uh, join our Facebook group if you haven't yet. I know Facebook is sort of a nightmare, but I have block. Here's the key: block all the bad things, including <laughs> all the news stations, because those have comments. So, um, so that is all I have. All right. I'm at friendlyatheist.com. Go to Patreon.com/slash/friendlyatheistpodcast. You can always email us friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And that's it. That's we'll it. See you next week. Good night. Bye. Sometimes we believe you.